Welcome again to More is Afraid of the Dark, but not really the podcast, podcast number seven. Ironically, the seventh episode of the first season of Are You Afraid of the Dark? This episode, The Tale of the Super Specs, first aired on September 26, 1992. This is our first Gary episode, so you know we're in for a treat. Um, If you didn't know, Gary is one of the only Midnight Society members besides Kiki and Betty Ann to make it through the entire first run of the series. I know I've mentioned in previous episodes that I really appreciate the episodes that focus a lot on the Midnight Society, and this episode does not disappoint. So without further ado, let's get started. So this episode opens with Gary and Kristen in Gary's father's magic shop. Um, As we get to know Gary as a character, we will learn that he really enjoys magic and that is Dad's magic store is a huge source of inf- um, inspiration for his stories. So Gary and Kristen are in the store, and Gary pretends to cut his finger off with a mini guillotine, revealing later to Kristen that it's actually just a fake finger. Kristen freaks out a little, and she screams, and then she gets angry that Gary tricked her. I guess she wanted him to lose a finger. That's kind of mean. Um, she t- coldly tells Gary that he's a creep or a rat. Some other names are in there. I can't really remember to tell you the truth, even though I did just watch this episode last night. But after teasing Gary a little, Kristen tells him that the other members of the Midnight Society don't feel his stories are scary anymore. Gary gets a little defensive and asks for specific names. Could it be Eric, Kiki, Frank, and I'm guessing Kristen? Don't worry, uh, Gary. I'm pretty sure Betty Ann and David still like your stories. They're pretty gullible. After this exchange of information, Kristen notices some glasses sitting on the counter. These glasses are actually very important to the story, and Gary tells her that they're called Super Specs. And then he puts a pair on and looks at Kristen and says, Yowza! Um, This joke will come up later in the story itself. So now we cut back to the clearing, and Gary is talking to someone and tells them, Not yet. Keep in mind this conversation is happening right outside where the campfire is. And we'll circle back to who this person was at the end of the episode. So the gang is all there, sans Gary, and Frank says he thinks Gary's slipping. Betty Ann counters that by saying Gary has told some of the best stories. And Kiki says she cannot remember the last time Gary scared her. Which is ironic because she turns around and she screams, You scared me! Gary apologizes for his shenanigans and being late. Which is um, a little ironic considering he was bitching last week about Kristen being late. But she also brought a dog. Gary brought... Well, we'll see what Gary brought. 
Eric decides to be a spoil sport and says, that's okay. Kiki was just saying how your stories aren't scary anymore. Kiki tells Eric, I'm going to slap you. And I kind of wish she would have slapped him. You know, show him who's boss. Nobody puts Kiki in the corner, am I right? Gary just kind of nods his head and he goes and takes his place at the storyteller's seat. And he tells them his story is about magic and three different kinds of people. The people who believe in magic, and the camera pans to Betty Ann. People who don't believe in magic, and that pans over to Kristen. And people who should believe in it. And I'm not remembering who the camera panned to at that point, but possibly Frank. He is looking at Kristen when he says that last part. Okay, so he was looking at Kristen. I should have read her head in my notes. Well, Frank seems intrigued. Also, Gary tells them that David is sick, so he's not going to be there. Gary then decides to, that it's time for him to submit his story. So he grabs the Midnight Dust, also known as Non-Dairy Creamer, throws it into the fire, and says, Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call this story The Tale of the Super Specs. So the episode opens um, by showing a girl named Mary Beth and her boyfriend of two weeks, named Weeds, in Sardo's Magic Mansion. This place will um, feature in a lot of Gary stories, especially the character of Sardo. Weeds is a practical joker who loves to pull pranks on unsuspecting victims, and Mary Beth is the practical one. As I've mentioned, they are in Sardo's Magic Mansion. That is Sardo, no accent on the dough, and no mister. They are kind of messing around, and Weeds is looking at a spell book. He takes the dust of Dendron, and he casts the spell on some super specs, which is the spell of second sight. This is very important. Remember, folks, it is the spell of second sight. Sardo comes out from the back, and he sees them and tells them to either buy the items or leave. Weeds buys some monkey bones, also known as the dust of Dendron, and some super specs for Mary Beth. Mary Beth kind of complains because she thought they were going to the movies, but Weeds needed to stock up for April Fool's Day, which is funny since this episode aired in September. I guess since the Twisted Claw took place on Halloween, they could just say Weeds was playing Halloween pranks. I mean, that's what I would have done, but... You know, we also have to remember that Gary's telling the story, so it's not set at the same time as Midnight Society time, so there's two different timelines going on. While Weeds is paying for his items, Mary Beth puts on the glasses and sees a person, all dressed in black, motioning for her to come forward. Mary Beth, or MB as Weeds calls her, freaks out, but Weeds cannot see anything. The next day at school um, is April Fool's Day. So Weeds is going around pulling pranks left and right. He puts some of the white powder of Dendron in this girl's yogurt, stirs it up, and as he was putting it back, she grabs it and asks him, you know, Weeds, what are you up to, you know? And Weeds doesn't really give her an answer, and she takes a big bite of her yogurt and talks like normal. And then the second Weeds walks away, she starts to sound like Alvin from Alvin and the Chickmunks. Since he didn't hear it, he's disappointed when it doesn't work at first. I want to also point out that this episode is one of those episodes you actually have to watch because there's just so much going on in the background. Um, at this point in the story, 
it is the next day and they are eating lunch and outside there are people doing gymnastics at lunch and people doing ballet in front of the stairs at the school. And I'm not sure if anyone actually goes to class or if they're just doing ballet and gymnastics outside the entire time. But eventually people go inside because Weeds decides to pull a prank on his friend Mark by hiding a punching bag in his locker. And when Mark opens the locker, it hits him in the face. Wow, Weeds, that's called assault. You could go to jail for that. I mean, I'm not Mark, but if Weeds would have done that to me, I probably would have uh, punched him myself. But I'm also prone to violence sometimes, so don't let my appearance fool you. Mary Beth walks by and wears the super specs, and Mark's, Mark asks her what they're called. And Mary Beth tells him, oh, don't you know? They are magic glasses that make you look cool. They must be magic if they can make weeds look cool. Just then, she sees the black figure again and thinks Weeds is pulling a prank on her. She even asks Mark and Weeds if they can see the figure, and they just kind of shrug their shoulders and say no. So later on after school, Weeds and Mark go to play basketball at the park, and Mary Beth walks home with a friend. But first, Mary Beth decides to throw the glasses away after seeing the figure yet again outside near a tree and at this point weeds thinks mary beth is crazy as he cannot see the figure mary beth tells her friend Catherine that weeds bought her a book on mummies for their one week anniversary she should have in my opinion have been happy that weeds even remembered they had a one week anniversary but all she does is complain that's that's totally on mary beth and she She's a bad girlfriend. Anyways, Mary Beth reaches into her bag and sees that the glasses are back. When she gets home, she puts the glasses on and she starts to see things in her house that have kind of a hollow rainbow effect around them. She sees a fire in the fireplace. She sees a tea kettle on the stove that's boiling. And this is all followed by the same black figure again. But this time she's joined with two more people dressed in all black. Mary Beth freaks out and runs off to find weeds. Uh, we then, at this point of the story, cut back to the Midnight Society. Frank says she should have burned those specks or chucked them into the garbage disposal. Frank, she already tried to throw them in the garbage. They would just come back even if she tried to burn them or put them in the garbage disposal. Betty Ann has another thought. Uh, using her logic again, says, but the apparitions were not there. Or were they? Gary tells them Mary Beth did not know. All she knew was she could only see them through the specs. Kiki, who is really into the story, says, so what did she do? Gary says, the only thing she could think of. She went looking for weeds. Weeds and Mark are playing horse, and Weeds is fouling out like there's no tomorrow. So Weeds turns his back on Mark, s says a spell, and sprinkles the dust of dunder on onto the basketball. Weeds takes a shoot, and he misses, and as Weeds and Mark are about to leave, shoots the basket behind him, and wouldn't you know it swishes in. But they didn't look, so they're just like, nah. Weeds is off to buy Mark two sodas, because that's what he owes him for playing horse. Mary Beth runs over to them, only to see a group of the black figures aggressively playing basketball. She panics and runs away. So at this point, Weeds thinks Mary Beth is just like flat out crazy. Even Mary Beth thinks she's crazy because she's seeing all these black figures everywhere and nobody believes her. So Mary Beth decides to pay a visit to Sardo's magic mansion. When she goes inside, 
she tells Sardo that she's seeing these black figures whenever she puts the glasses on. And Sardo, looking through his magic spell book, determines that she's seen people in a different dimension. Sardo reads off some of the spells until he gets to one called the gift of the second sight or something to do with the second sight. And she says, yeah, that's the one he did. That's the one where he spread the dust onto the glasses when he performed the spell. Sardo tells her that what they need is a counter spell. Mary Beth asks Sardo to do it and he tells her it will cost her $50. She says that is too much and he says 20 and that he is losing on the deal. Then he looks for the dust agenda on, but he sold the last bag to Weeds. So Mary Beth then goes over to Weeds' house, presumably, to get the bag of the dust of Denderon. And she's very lucky when she gets there because he was just about to flush it down the toilet. But Mary Beth stops him at the last moment. So it's at this point that Sardo, Mary Beth, and Weeds all sit at a table at what I can only guess is Mary Beth's house. And they start to have a seance. Sardo starts the spell off with the second sight spell. And then all of a sudden, Mary Beth puts on the glasses and the whole room is filled with the figures. And the, not the floor, but the table starts shaking and the room looks like a holographic disco. So all this weird stuff has happened and the table's floating and the lights are going out. Mary Beth puts on the glasses and sees that the room is now filled with the black figures. Weeds is kind of panicking at this point and he tells her to take the glasses off because he can see them now too. Sardo is looking for the counter spell, but in the process of doing it, everything stops and the whole room goes black. And he thinks, well, they all three think that they've beaten it and that they've closed the portal. That is until these two giant eyes stare down at them. Sardo takes the chicken way out and tells the giant eyes to take the children because he is a coward. While casting the spell, they are also interrupted by a sorcerer from the second dimension. The sorcerer, or I guess in this case sorceress, tells them, you have tampered with the cosmic seal. Two universes cannot exist on the same plane. Balance must be restored. Then she closes the seal, trapping them inside a crystal ball. If you haven't seen what this part of the episode looks like, I highly recommend you head over to the blog of, of the same name, More is Afraid of the Dark, but not really. And you check out the blog post because I have pictures in there. Because me trying to describe this does not do this episode any visual justice. Because I remember being a child at the time and seeing this episode and being really scared by what Weeds and Mary Beth were seeing. So Mary Beth, Weeds, and Sardo are now trapped in this crystal ball. The flip side to that is the second dimension. The sorceress was more powerful than Sardo, and she was hired by the alternate version of Mary Beth and Weeds, who had a fear of the Mary Beth and the Weeds we see in the episode. And she said that they didn't have to worry anymore, and that the ironic thing is they were also trying to get rid of them. And then she does this deep, like, laugh, and it's kind of creepy. It's a very good ending to the episode. So at this point in the episode, we go back to the Midnight Society, where Kiki says, oh man, Eric says, no way, and Betty Ann says, excellent. Kristen says, so, the two universes were fighting for the same space, and the other, the other universe won? Gary says, exactly, because the woman in black was powerful, and Sardo was a fake. 
Then Betty Ann says, with a smile, that's Sardo, accent on the dough. Kiki laughs and says, great story. Then Gary shows them why he was late. He brought them all super specs for April Fool's Day and promises he did not put any spells on them. He tells them to put them on when he counts to three. They all put them on and see a black figure. But remember how earlier in the episode um, he had told them David was sick and wasn't going to be able to come this week? Guess who the figure actually is? That's right, the figure is just David, dressed up in all black. The rest of the Midnight Society doesn't know this, so when they see David as the black figure, they all scream and run away, leaving their backpacks behind. Kristen was in on the prank and tells Gary, I guess your story really was scary this time. Gary grins, and her, and Gary, and David all high-five. As I presume, Gary puts out the fire, but we don't see it because we don't actually see Gary, Kristen, or David leave the campfire. And that, folks, is the end of the story and the end of that episode. So looking back and thinking back to this episode, this ending is very much like a Betty Ann story because Betty Ann stories tend to be more ambiguous and they leave the viewer slash listener, um, it leaves it up to them a lot of the times to interpret what the ending actually was. And in the story, there's not really a bad guy or a good guy. It's just two dimensions fighting for the same space. Um, but I guess in this instance, Sardo would be the bad guy because he was a fake and the sorceress was more powerful. So she was the good guy because she was fighting for the bizarro, if you will, Weeds and Mary Beth, who were afraid of the Mary Beth and the Weeds we know. And we have now come to my favorite segment in these podcasts, Mora's Thoughts. So with this episode, I did a lot of reflecting on what I had originally thought about it versus what I had blogged about it. It's definitely one of the episodes that really sticks out to me and an episode that I actually remember watching as a child because the thought of a second dimension and putting on super specs and seeing these figures, um, it, you know, kind of is a scary thought even though they aren't trying to harm you and you don't know that. But um, apparently when I wrote my blog, I had four thoughts. And here they are. Um, remember, these thoughts aren't in any particular order. It's just how I numbered them. So take them as you will. So my first thought was I really enjoyed this episode. It was very fun and very memorable. And I have vivid memories of watching this as a child. And as a child, it was scary to me. But watching it now as an adult, it's not scary. But it's one of those episodes that very much hits the nail on the aspect of the show being a Twilight Zone for kids because it has a lot of Twilight Zone elements in this episode. The whole, they aren't actually evil, but they're fighting for the same thing. Also, the visual elements in this episode are excellent for the time. Uh, I can't think of anything scarier than that image of Sardo, Weeds, and Mary Beth trapped in the crystal ball yelling for help seeing them yell for help and banging on it but not being able to audibly hear them that is you know a very scary concept and i think that that visual aid really brings home the whole claustrophobia of the episode of being trapped not in your own dimension 
but being stuck somewhere and not being able to get out. My second thought was I liked the reaction among the Midnight Society. I liked how Frank thinks Gary is slipping and Kiki says Gary has not scared her in a long time. I also think Eric's true colors were showing when he throws Kiki under the bus by saying that, you know, she said Gary's stories aren't scary anymore. I really liked the camaraderie, the interactions among the Midnight Society members. For me, that is actually my favorite part of the episodes. You know, you could take any series and put the scary story up, but in order for it to work, in this case, you need the bookend of the Midnight Society in the beginning and the Midnight Society in the end. But I really appreciate having the cohesiveness in the middle to bring us all back, especially in these earlier episodes that were a little disjointed to be like, this is what's happened in the story. This is what they think is happening. Because we as the viewer need to remember, they aren't visually seeing what's happening. So how is Gary telling them, oh, Sardo and Weeds and Mary Beth are now trapped in the crystal ball? We can see it, they cannot. So to see their reactions to a story we just watched, but they are listening to, is amazing. And I mean, I don't think they actually heard the story, but just the fact that they're able to get that reaction from the actors really says a lot to me. And for me personally, you can have a not-so-good story, but if you have that chemistry with the cast and they look like they actually get along, that can help sell it. The best example I can give has nothing to do with Are You Afraid of the Dark? But with my other favorite franchise, Power Rangers, a lot of people say they don't like Power Rangers Megaforce because it was a horrible season. I mean, it's not the best season, but for me, what really made it was the fact that the cast looked like they generally got along. So they were believable as friends and believable as people who would go through this experience together. Even if, like, the stories weren't particularly spectacular, the fact that they were able to bring it to life and you could see how much they actually enjoyed each other's company really made it for me. My third thought for this episode is that... This episode shows that Betty Ann is truly the only member who is legitimately concerned for her friends and is willing to stick up for them, even if it is against popular opinion. I think she needs to be given more credit since she has morals. And this will be a recurring theme later on in the seasons as well. You know, Betty Ann, she gets picked on by some of the other members and they don't stick up for her, but she sticks up for them. So I think that... When the um, series got its first reboot, I think that they should have tried to bring Betty Ann's character back for the Tale of the Silver Sight because I think she would have made a really good addition because I really would have wanted to see how her character would deal with that situation. They didn't bring her back, but you know, that's okay. We're left to interpret stuff for ourselves. My fourth thought is that I really liked the opening of this episode. It shows that the Midnight Society members do hang out outside of meetings. Gary and Kristen, they hung out at Gary's father's magic shop. Betty Ann, Kiki, and Frank, they would go to the movies together. Um, we don't learn about this until the fourth season, but I just, I feel that's a really good element in the show because we're supposed to believe that these people get along just because they like scary stories. And Gary mentions in the first episode that they go to different schools and whatnot, but this just shows that even though they're different, they do still see each other as friends and they hang out outside of storytelling time. And that just brings a whole different dynamic to the people who are friends. And I really appreciate that as a person who watched the show. It brought a 
whole realism, if you will, to the Midnight Society. Then looking at my notes, my final thought was that this is um, one of my top 10 favorite episodes. However, that has since changed. It's a favorite episode, but I would not say it's a top 10 favorite episode. It's just, um, I would say an honorable mention, even though it did not make it into my honorable mentions for Halloween. And with that being said, folks, that brings us to the end of our podcast. I hope you enjoyed this. I know I normally do a fun fact, um, but there wasn't really any fun facts to be held with this episode, other than this is the first appearance of many for Richard Dumont, who played Sardo. And with that being said, our next podcast is going to be our first story from Kiki. It's the Tale of the Captured Souls, which is also one of my favorite episodes. So until next time, listeners, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call this podcast the Tale of More is Afraid of the Dark, but not really. Podcast number seven, the Tale of the Super Specs, closed. Remember to socially distance, wash your hands, and wear a face mask.